to the Soul Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week, I have guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on the podcast, I have Chris Flores. He's the owner of Flow Fitness. He's also an athletic trainer. He is an animal flow expert. He also holds Flowosophy workshops. He's amazing. And I'm so excited to have him. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Same here. Um, so I guess we can start by um, just introducing what you do. I love the name of your company, Flow Fitness. Um, maybe you could just tell everybody a little bit about you. Yeah, well, um, the name Flow Fitness is interesting because I read a book on like naming a business when I wanted to start my own gym, and my last name's Flores. And so the, in all the books, it was like, you shouldn't name it after yourself and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, you know, flow fitness, just because it wasn't something that existed and no one was really talking about flow states and movement flows at that time. This is 2007, 2008. Um, so it just came out of the name flow fitness. And, and the whole reason why it started was because I was at big box gyms and doing a lot of movement stuff, um, just weightlifting for the most part, trying to get as big as I can. And then I started doing like more functional, quote unquote, functional training. Um, I had gotten my first TRX in like 2008. So I was just like, oh, this thing's awesome. Like all this crazy stuff I can do with TRX and, and these different movements. And I actually got fired from Valley's because I was doing stuff with clients there, which wasn't in, in their defense insurance wise. Obviously, some of it seemed reckless to them. Like I had clients on treadmills with bands pulling them, but it was working <laughs> on different, like, you know, different forces. I wasn't like, they weren't sprinting and yanking them off a treadmill, but in their eyes, I'm hooking up TRXs to their pull-up bars and doing stuff. And they're like, you can't bring your own equipment. You can't do this stuff. And it got to the point where I was like, I need to find a place where I can do my style of training. Mm -hmm. And that's how we started Flow Fitness. At that point, it was a need. At that time, all the gyms were mostly machines and like kind of stuck in the space. I just wanted an open room to have people do these movements. And it was even before I started doing stuff with Animal Flow. Um, so I just went on my own and opened up the gym. And now it's a common place to have these gyms or it's open space and people can move and more body weight training and band stuff. But in 2009, no one in, in my area anyway, I can't say no one was doing that stuff. Um, so yeah, I kind of started there and that began my journey into learning more about movements when I started learning more about fascia back in 2009, 2010. And then diving into, I, I came, stumbled upon animal flow um, which we'll get into a little bit later, I'm sure. And then started doing that. And then since then, it's just been about movement. And then movement kind of led me into learning more about myself mentally and like mindset training and mindset coaching. And so that's been my evolution now. I focus on the movement stuff, but really like where's your mind at when you want to train and the things you're doing, what's going on in your life. And so all that has kind of come together to form where I'm at now, where it's, you know, it's movement, but it's also like you mentioned before, philosophies and all that stuff kind of combined together. So there's no box, I guess, you can put it in. It's like it goes in all different directions. 
Yeah, I love how it flows. Um, I hate to, you know, have a pun there, but it's so amazing. It sounds like you're a real trailblazer when it comes to movement patterns and you you really wanted to um, set yourself apart from other trainers who were just, you know, working people out with certain muscle groups and not giving them a functional um, performance way to train. So that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and what's, it's interesting because I feel like now, people are trying to be trailblazers. Like it's an intentional thing. Like it's like, I want to be different. So I'm going to pretend to be different type thing mm. versus at that time that it wasn't an intentional thing. I actually would have liked to have someone to mentor me and be around It's just in the area. No one was doing that. Like my buddy, doc Perry, he's up in Ramsey and I would link up with him as much as I could and learn from him. But there really wasn't anybody in the area doing this type of training. So it was like, I was on my Island alone trying to figure it out. And versus now people are, doing stuff and they're just intentionally trying to be different just so they can sell. There was no intention. It was like, I just really enjoy this and there's no one else to do it. So it, it came across as like, Oh, you know, trailblazing in certain ways, but it wasn't intentional. It was completely by accident. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm really interested in your philosophy stuff. I think it's really interesting how when you start to, work in fitness, the mind is so important because everything comes down to our mind. So I love that you made that connection. And I'm really interested in some of the stuff that you share with your philosophy workshops. Yes. So that whole thing started uh, a friend of mine, uh, Alicia Smith from Animal Flow. She's one of the master instructors. I was doing this presentation when we were in, I think we were in Costa Rica. So we're like by the pool kind of chilling. And she was like, when are you going to do like your own stuff? Because we were, I was going through a presentation I was uh, going to be doing like two weeks after I got back. And so I just ran it by them as like a test subject. Like, you know, guys can be a mock audience for me. And she was like, when are you going to do your own stuff? And I was like, what do you mean by that? She's like, well, you always put this information out, this motivational stuff. Why don't you form something else? And so that's how like philosophy things were born. It was like, you know, cause they talk about philosophy, like just being in love with the way you think type thing. Right. So, with philosophies, it's like you want your thoughts and things to be kind of more of a movement where it's not so rigid and stuck. So mm -hmm. that's where whole flow comes from and philosophies, like, you know, your way of thinking or whatever. And so what I share in those workshops is really just different tools or things people can do to help them with their day, to help them achieve their goals. And one of the main things I think with a lot of people is this lust for more. Like mm -hmm. I need, like you've accomplished something in life and then you don't even give yourself time to be like, wow, I did that thing. You're like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm. And you know, if a lot of people peel back the layers, they'll realize they're actually living the dream and living what they've created. You know, I think a lot of people lose sight of that because they're trying to navigate in this world where they're being bombarded with content and information and being told that this is success. Meanwhile, they're living their own success. And so what we talk about in philosophies is just one is like structuring your day. And that's a big one. We go over your daily planner, like what's your day look like and giving your time, you're, you're giving yourself space to have just time during the day. Cause everyone's so busy and they're not really getting anywhere. And so you're wasting a lot of energy so that when an opportunity does come, you're so fluttered and, and so clustered, I mean, whatever, like there's like a cl clutter in your mind. And it's like, you don't have the energy or the time or the space to even take advantage of the opportunity because you're running in circles around doing this, all this other stuff, all this busy mm -hmm. work. So we really do with the philosophy thing. It's about like peeling back the layers and saying, all right, what do you want? And what do you need to get there? And does it take four or five years? Cause a lot of people now it's, well, I need this by the end of the year. Well, 
that's not realistic. You know, that goal is not going to happen. You know, you, you may not make a million in a year, but if we plan this out for 10, 15 years, maybe you stay on this road, we give you these tools and you can make it through. Um, but there's a lot of just impatience now, you know, with people. So we really do peel back the layers and we give them strategic tools to help them get those layers back so they can really discover what they really want. I love that so much. Um, some of my favorite parts of that are, you know, doing things with intentionality. So really being intentional about your next steps. And then I also love how you remind people to be grateful for what they currently have. I think that's so true that people are so caught up in this rat race more and more what's next, like, but they're not paying attention to all the good that they have right now. And so that's right. such a good reminder. Yeah, because there's so much, I mean, there's so much gratitude and so much stuff happening. I know those words, it's tough now. Like, even with your podcast, I'm sure, like, it's got to be so tough to cut through the noise because everyone's using words like gratitude and authenticity and integrity and these buzzwords. But a lot of people don't live that truth. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I've noticed is that there's a lot of people talking it. But then when you look at their life, it's like, you're just trying to entertain the world. You're not even taking time for yourself to be the thing that you're talking about. You're just trying to put it out there. And I think it's, it is very difficult for people now to see that most of the stuff is boring. Like it sounds horrible, but most of the life, like success is very boring. It, it's, it's having a structure and then living into that thing every day and doing that stuff, like raising kids to be like, you know, I got a newborn now and I got a two year old. A lot of it's just being there. Like mm. we're just playing and making up games. Like I'm not doing anything uh, the ordinary or some mystical thing that's going to make my kids more conscious and more aware. I'm just sitting there with them and I'm just there. I'm just being present. And I think a lot of people don't think that that's quality or that's something that they need to structure in, but no, you got to plan the time to just be around your kids. Just be present. You can't be traveling the world every single moment of the day. You spend one weekend with them every once in a while and be like, I'm a conscious parent. I'm there. No, you're not physically there. So to them, you're not around, you know? Yeah, that presence is everything. And, you know, I love that you pointed that out because a lot of people don't realize how valuable it is just to sit with your kids and play. That's right. stuff that they really need to develop into, you know, good human beings. They just need people around who love them and want to play with them when they're little. So, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Yeah. Well, um, just to, you know, piggyback off that, I love how you're also really committed to building a legacy for your family. You know, I, I can tell family is really important to you. Um, so I'd love if you could explain, you know, why you think building a legacy is so important and, and the value in that for your family. Yeah. So that's, um, that's been a long one, like, a lifelong kind of thing that's always been in the back of my mind. And mostly because my grandfather would talk about, you know, we would visit him in Puerto Rico. He would talk about what it was like back then and all these great, like wonderful stories of him, like jumping on like a bear horse and like having to ride the horse and, and stuff like that before the roads were there. And then my dad would talk a lot about, you know, how he grew up and all the things that he went through and, and give certain lessons, right? Like, I feel like when you talk to elderly people, grandparents or your parents, they always drop these like little gems. And one of the things that I, I, I started, and this is, I've finished, I've, well, I said, say I finished writing my book a couple months ago. And now we're trying to edit it and get it all done and put together. But 
it was sitting down with my parents and my girl's parents and, and just finding out like, what do you want like your legacy to be? Like, what are some things our family stands for? Like, what are some core values and principles you want to instill in your grandchildren? And then now like my children and let's write that down. Cause I feel again, you talk to your grandparents, you get these gems, but then you forget about it. And then they pass away in like, you know, 10 years down the line, you're like, Oh, you know, grandma used to always say blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's, it's nowhere for those kids to see. So it's not a constant reminder unless you say it. And then it becomes that thing you're always saying. So what we did is we sat down with them. We wrote these 18 principles and basically life principles for my kids to grow up and, and to live by. And so we charted them out and they actually have on the back of both their bedroom doors, they have like a, a chart, like these 18, almost like 10 commandments, <laughs> like these 18 things written out. And that's what our family legacy will be, right? So like, as they get older, they'll learn more about the principles and why each one's so important. And that's what the whole book is on is those 18 principles and why each one matters in life. And so for example, and they're not nothing crazy or these, you know, these outrageous things we got. One of them is my mom always says, treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm. So something as simple as that can teach your children that like, all right, you can't be, don't be a bully. Don't be an a-hole when you go out because you don't want people to treat you that way. Right? So if they're constantly reminded, treat people the way you want to be treated, they're constantly reminded of this, then they'll go out and they'll be good people when they leave. And so that's what the whole family legacy thing is. It's like, all right, what things can we do to mold and shape our family? So if people see your family, they go, Oh, you know, you're from this family. Oh, they almost know you live by this code. Right. And, and part of it was, I'm not sure if you're a game of Thrones fan, but, uh, <laughs> You know how they say like um, a Lannister always pays its debts, you know, like all these things, like you hear this about these old school families, but I'm like, you know what? We don't have that like in modern day stuff. Like if someone says, you know, Rachel's all about this, it's like, well, what's that thing? What's the thing her family stands for? The people who know her know she's about this. And so we, I wanted to build something like that for our family. And then, you know, this, this manuscript, you know, for lack of a better word, would be able to go down to my kids' kids and so on and so forth. So they'll know, oh, my great-grandfather, you know, wrote these things out and here's what it stood for. And I want to build that legacy. So it's, you know, you're building something and, and you're bringing shade for, for other people to be able to be comfortable and live on there one day. You may not experience it yourself, but it's like, all right, you took steps towards it. And so that's been the thing for me with legacies, building this thing so that the family could continue on whether I'm here or not. Uh, and have these principles to live by. I love that. I think that's amazing for so many reasons. I think it's really interesting because, you know, when you look at companies or you look at um, businesses, the good ones always have values. They always have something they stand for and their values are connected to their brand. So, you know, you can't be a really strong brand if you don't have core values or you don't have a core mission. And it's nice to relay that into what you're building as a family. Families should have values. These are the things that you teach your kids and everybody knows what they stand for. They know they're kind, they're, they're compassionate, whatever your values are. It, it's interesting because you know that quote, like the way you treat people is essentially your business card. Uh -huh. People remember how you treat them. They're never going to forget if you were kind or you went out of your way. And, and that's amazing that you're teaching that to your kids and, and integrating that um, in your parenting. Yeah, it's, it's so important, man. And I think, again, just having it written out so that they can see it. 
you know, because whether or not kids are going to remember it or, or show it to you, like I know for me now, like when I left, well, when I was younger and left my parents' house, like I started cleaning and doing more stuff than I did when I was at home because I was raised by that example. So if I see the house is a mess, I'm like, my mom would always, you know, she was frantic about cleaning up. So now it's like my mind's automatically almost molded to that because I saw that example growing up. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like my kids may act away in front of me, but I know when they leave, whether or not they admit that they remember it, they're going to live that because I'm doing it now. Like I'm doing things my dad used to do. Like, you know, I'm trying to become a handyman because he always did carpentry work. So it's like, all right, I'll go and build it. And you see me at Home Depot on the weekends, like getting stuff just like he did. Right. And it was like, why am I so driven to do this stuff? It was like, oh, I had that example growing up. I constantly saw him working on the house and doing different things. So that's just stuff with me. So I want to have that or provide that for my children as well. Yeah. It's interesting the things that stick with you too. I love, um, you know, when you get to a place where you're able to reflect back and see, you know, the good parts of you that came from your parents, it just gives you this appreciation for, you know, the people that raised you and, I, I personally like can point out some of the best things that I get from my parents and it, it makes me proud. And I think that's another thing you're teaching your kids. Like, you know, we're proud to be who we are. We are loving people. We do care about our health. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And one of the things I know you had sent me in, in the Google doc, like things for your listeners, the kind of things that they can do. And so just, to kind of go off of this, like, even if you wrote down just 10 words or 10 core values that you stand for and had it on your fridge, you know, for your kids to listen to, or, or just to be able to see like a visual reminder for them to pick up that, you know, we're about honesty, integrity, or loyalty, or whatever, or if it's a phrase, even if you wrote down five to 10 of those for your family, and it's something you constantly reminded your children and stuff about. So even if you came up with something for your family at home and, and said, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write these five things out, you and your husband or significant other or, you know, grandparents, whoever sat down and what are the five to 10 things we like believe in, strongly believe in, and that we want these kids to definitely always remember and just write them down. Like it doesn't have to be anything. We wrote it on note cards. Like it wasn't like this scientific thing that we, we brought together. It was just, just scribble on note cards, the values you think, and then piecemeal them together to form your five or 10. And then just, again, write it on, it could be handwritten on a refrigerator. It doesn't have to be anything intricate. It could be something very simple. Yeah. That's a great thing to pass on to other people, like teach your kids values, teach them integrity and, you know, make sure that they understand it and can practice it. For sure. Good stuff. Um, I also have some questions about, um, you know, your philosophy workshops in general, like what specific topics do you cover? Um, is it mostly mindset stuff? What, what's one of your favorite workshops you've recently uh, presented? So we had one where we went over what I call the wealth wave. And so essentially the wealth wave is that I think we, so we focus so much on monetary wealth. And while it's very important and it's extremely important, I would say, it's not the only thing. So we have this thing called the wealth wave. And so we have time wealth, monetary wealth, friends and family wealth, and then personal growth is a, is a form of wealth. And so what you do is you chart that on a weekly basis. You could do it monthly. And so what happens, you'll notice is you start to chart these things, right? So let's say you like, for example, what you do, you get paid 
on, let's say, the 15th, you know, all these people pay you. And then you don't make money again to the 25th, let's say, for example. So, yeah, for that, on the 15th, your monetary wealth was up, but you were probably hustling, bustling, so your time wealth was down. You didn't have a lot of time for yourself. And maybe you didn't spend a lot of time with your friends and family because you're so busy making the money. And maybe you haven't been able to read audio books or do anything on your personal growth, so that wealth is down. And then a week later, you have a lot more time to yourself, and the money's down, so that wealth goes down, right? And then you'll notice that maybe it's holiday season. So you spend a lot of time with friends and family. So that wealth goes up. And then a week later, you realize that you have, you know, you're doing this audio book thing, or you have a seminar workshop that's about you and personal growth. And so for that two, three days, your personal growth wealth goes up. And when you start charting this stuff, you notice that it kind of does this and it's more of a wave. And, and the reason why I do that is because when it comes to work life balance, everyone's expects like a flat line. Like they think they're going to have a day where, I work just as much as I play and everything's in line. There's no such thing. Like in life, it's about waves. So when you start charting that stuff, it gives you a peace of mind because you may say, okay, I made a lot of money on Monday. I might not make money again until next week or two weeks from now. So you stop stressing about money because you know in two weeks, it'll come back in. You start focusing on those other parts of yourself that need to be balanced out. And then you kind of ride the wave. And so what we talk about is that life's about waves, just like your heartbeat your heart rhythm does this. It's not the only time it flatlines is when you're dead. So nothing's ever going to be fully balanced. And when you can get that concept in your mind about, okay, that's all right that I haven't spent time with my family these last three weeks or whatever, I'm going to see them on this day for a barbecue. So you know that that day's coming up. So you're like, okay, I can not ignore them, but I can have a little bit of distance because we're going to spend a lot of time this day, but I need to focus on my business this time. And when you start doing that and charting these things, again, you realize that there's ups and downs in life and there's going to be times where you have a lot of time to yourself and there's going to be time when you have no time to yourself. And so if you start looking at that, you're like, okay, cool. I don't mind being really busy for the next three weeks because I had a whole month of just me time, right? And so when people start realizing that they get that whole work life has to always be balanced out of their head. So that one's a real eye opener for people because then they, you almost see them relax when they realize mm -hmm. that ah, it's okay if I didn't get, you know, make that much money this month, or it's okay if I haven't done my personal growth, I'll get to it next month or next week or whatever the case may be. Um, so that one's a lot of fun to go through and teach people. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's nice to just validate that, you know, it's not all rainbows and sunshine all the time. As much as I wish it was, I think, you know, when you're going through difficulty, you tend to appreciate the good times more, or maybe not exactly like, you know, okay, so you work really hard and then you kind of relax. But if you just appreciate, you know, that you have a set time to put in the work and then you do have time to be with yourself or be with your family, it just gives you a sense of appreciation that I think is really important. So just helping people understand that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it makes them more present in those moments that they are with their family. Because I think what I've noticed a lot of times is even with my college students, because I teach at a college as well, I'll talk to them about like Thanksgiving holidays. You see kids on their phone like the mm -hmm. entire time. Like if you know this is family time, then just make it family time and spend this four or five hours with just getting to talk to your aunts and your uncles and ask them about their story, what they've been through. And when you take that, when you can focus on this time's going to be this because Maybe at Friday night, you're going partying with your friends. I don't need to text you all day here because I'm going to see you the next day. 
So I can focus on this now, knowing that that's going to come later. And for me, it, it's worked wonders because spending time with the kids, it's like after this, I have a block from two o'clock to four thirty where it's just going to be playing with the kids, right? So that's that block is just for that. I'm not looking at emails, not looking at social media. I'm not worried about anything else, but that two and a half hours for them. Then I have a class at five and then it's our routine for nighttime routine with bath uh, books, bed and all that stuff for the kids. Um, but knowing I have that routine and that stuff set, I can focus on being here with you. And then when I'm with them, I'm focused on that and not thinking about what else I have to do throughout my day. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know like the theme here is kind of being present and I really want to highlight this because when you're able to focus on what you're doing at that time, it really does help you be less scattered in so many areas of your life too. When you're able to just focus your energy on what you're doing right now, you can perform better. You can give more to the people around you. So I'm really happy that you brought this topic up because I feel like a lot of people are scattered because they're multitasking or like you said, they're thinking about the next thing instead of just, you know, appreciating what they have and focusing on what they have so that they can do their best at that specific thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how, like, um, going back to the whole flow thing, like if you read flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, he talks about a lot of this stuff and reaching those flow states is like being fully present or immersed mm -hmm. in the thing that you're doing that helps mm -hmm. you reach that flow state rather than again, thinking about 10 moves down the road and not focus on the actual moment. Yeah. And that's what also makes flow say so wonderful is that you're so immersed in it that time passes and you don't yeah. even realize because you're just enjoying it and you're in it. I love that. Yeah. And a lot of people have a hard time getting there. It's, it's, it's very interesting how many people don't experience that. When you ask them when's the last time they got into like a flow state, it's like, Oh, when I was a kid or, you know, it's like, whoa, like mm. all this time you haven't experienced that. So it's very interesting. I think it's also interesting because I, I think personally people neglect the things that make them really joyful. I don't think they incorporate it maybe because they don't make time for it or they're just, they don't prioritize it. Like you can be in a flow state playing with your kids because you're just enjoying it so much. And yeah. when people don't make time for things like joy or self-care, then they're not going to experience flow state. So it's great to just shine some light on that. Yeah. And when we talked about before, uh, when we first logged in today about uh, my weekend, like, so on Saturday, I had one of my buddies come by and we had a fire pit and we just sat there talking. We probably talked for like three and a half hours. Mm. And it felt like, you know, two beers later, we're just like, yo, we've already been talking for this long. And, um, and again, it's a flow state. You get in these wonderful conversations about different topics with people and you're, you're flying all over the place with this awesome combo and your mind stimulated and everything else. And not to mention, you got the fire pit out. Like it's just, you know, these, these amazing moments and, you know, you bat your eye and three hours later, you, you've been talking to this person for so long and that's a flow state, but that was something that was scheduled. Hey, I'm going to be free from this time and this time, text a couple friends. You want to come by? And so you make that time to make that priority, not just sit down and watch Netflix and flop in front of the couch because that's really not feeding you in any way. I'm not against, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I don't watch TV. Like I love watching a movie and hanging out, but you got to prioritize the other things too that, that bring you joy. I agree. I think you really integrated a lot of key pieces of how to live better. Um, and so 
I'm really interested to follow you and see what you're doing. So I want you to let everyone know exactly where to find you, exactly what some of your offerings are. So if you could just mention those things, I'd really love that. Yeah, for sure. So we have on Instagram, it's FLO. So you see flow back here, FLO underscore fitness. So I post a ton of content on there. Um, our philosophies and movement stuff, a lot of the animal flow stuff that we do. Um, on, in, on Facebook, it's Chris Flow on Facebook. So Chris FLO on Facebook, you can follow me on there. We, again, we post a lot of content there. On, in, on Twitter, it's FLO underscore fitness as well. So we'll just post a lot of it's the same content, just post on all three mediums. Um, it's really the only ones we focus on. Outside of that, I have a bunch of online classes. So we teach animal flow online three days a week. So today we have a class at five, uh, Wednesday at 5 p.m. And then Saturdays at 8 a.m. And then we have online classes for us here at Flow Fitness where we do a ton of movement stuff. And that's really what we focus on is movement, like improving your everyday movement, just working on rotation in your spine, your hips, and all that fun stuff to get your body moving better so it's not so locked in. Because when you're locked in physically, chances are you're locked in mentally and emotionally as well. Mm -hmm. So if we can get you moving better physically, we can get you thinking more clearly and being able to deal with your emotions a little bit better as well. So we have online classes, again, focused on movement, not just jump squats and burpees for an hour. Um, it's actual like th methodical thought out ways to open your body up. Um, so that's what we have online. So that's also available um, as well. We're offering actually a free week right now. So if anybody's interested and wants to jump on a free week, you can email me. Our email is flofitness at gmail.com. Awesome. I have one more question before uh, we get off. So I personally love um, connecting the dots when it comes to fitness and general life change. I think that they go hand in hand really nicely. Um, why do you think it is that fitness unlocks so many things for people either mentally or spiritually? Why do you think there's such a strong connection? How much time we got? <laughs> that's we a, that's can go a, as long as you want. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so with that, because I can only say from my personal experience, right? Because we can only really speak from our own perspective. Yep. So what, hap what happened with me was, was lifting weights and trying to get bigger and, and just doing the same repetitive patterns like bench, squat, deadlift, curl, pull-ups, whatever, like very linear. And so I felt like a level of frustration, which I didn't know was frustration at the time until like years later, I realized I was stuck mentally and emotionally too. Um, when I discovered animal flow, which was all multi-directional movement patterns. And for those who don't know what animal flow is, if you've kind of took break dancing and yoga, if they had a baby, that's what animal flow would be. It's a lot of yoga style movements, a lot of break dancing movements, gymnastics, parkour, kind of all fused into one practice. And so when I started that practice, I just did it because it was fun. Like I didn't, I wasn't trying to do it for anything other than just have a good time. And then I started realizing my creativity started to come back. Like I started being very creative. And then all of a sudden my mindset started to shift a lot. And I realized I wasn't as antsy or anxious as it used to be. And when I started doing more research, you started seeing that the part of the brain that does movement is the cerebellum. And so as you train more movement, the cerebellum also controls emotional and cognitive functions. So as you're moving more in these different directions, again, these more movement patterns, you're also working your creativity, balancing your emotions. So as we express more through movement, it then unlocks other things for us because we get in our bodies to move. 
whether it can be a trauma or unlocking a chakra, whatever practice you believe in. Um, the other thing was even with researching, looking at like traumas from childhood, sometimes a shoulder pain can be something that happened when we were nine years old and we locked up the shoulder to protect ourselves. And now when you get into these movements, you all of a sudden unlock that. You may unlock that trauma at the same time. And all of a sudden now it, you do a stretch and you're crying and you don't know why. And it's like, maybe you had something built up in there for a long period of time. So expressing yourself through movement, that's why I think like some of the happiest people I know are dancers because they fully express themselves. You know, they'll just go out there and be like, and, and when I was dancing salsa, I experienced that a lot more. Flow states, joy, all that stuff. When I was teaching salsa lessons, all of a sudden you get into the night and you're like, woo, like it was an amazing night because you were able to dance and express what you were going through. So I think when people start exploring movement more, it taps into all that. And we can't, as health and fitness professionals or whatever, we can't deny the, the connection between all of these. And we can't continue to be like, just think better. It's going to help you just move better. It has to be a continuum of doing all these things together. It may not all at the same time, but we have to address all this as, as movement professionals, fitness professionals, health professionals. We need to really tap into all this because it's all connected and we can't separate it. Um, so that's how I feel like, again, I think even yourself, knowing you for the years I've known you, you know, seeing your career kind of morph and change because you learn more and then it's like, oh, there's another level. There's another level. And you keep almost leveling up if you want to evolve and grow. And there's people who want to stay stuck and they don't want to learn anymore and they're happy where they're at and they're complacent. That's cool too, man. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But there's those are people like yourself who constantly grow and constantly learning. So I'll talk to you today and I'm sure in six months, you'll be, there'll be new things that you've unlocked in yourself and, and new ideas that you've got that you're working on. So that's, uh, again, that's why I think it's all connected and we can't separate those three. Yeah, I think you nailed that answer. It made me really happy. I, the whole time I was listening to you talk, I was like, yep, you got it. All of the <laughs> things are, are right on point. Um, it's been amazing to talk to you today. I'm so excited to share this episode with people. I think you provided so much wisdom and insight. So I can't wait for people to listen to this conversation. Yeah, I hope so. I hope listen. And, and one thing people need to know, especially who are listening to this podcast is that I'm accessible. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I hear sometimes you hear people email me anytime and I'll get back to you or, you know, hit me up on Instagram. I'll get back to you. And you, in, you message them and you never hear back. And you're like, wah, wah. Like you just feel like disappointed. Like I'm not at the point. Again, I hope I'm never at, excessive like unreachable point but i feel like i'm at the point where i really do want to connect and help people so if you have questions and you want to reach out about any of this stuff you can email me or hit me up on uh inbox or any one of those mediums and i'll definitely get back to you yeah i think that just connects to your integrity which is clearly one of your values and i love that Thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Solutions Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.